become an annual tradition for us the weekend before the new year. And uh, it's to have my brother, Pastor Matthew Barnett from the Los Angeles Dream Center. And today he has with him his beautiful wife, Caroline, and his daughter, uh, Mia and Caden. And uh, Mia, maybe Matthew will say more about her. She is a, uh, she is a prolific NCAA Division I runner at the University of Oregon, probably be an Olympian one day, no pressure. Uh, but uh, we love the Matthews family so much. And this is an annual thing where he comes every year to share his heart. You're going to be so encouraged by the message today. Matthew founded the Dream Center back in, when he was 18 years old, he and my dad. And uh, today there are over 300 Dream Centers worldwide. Look what God has done from a small beginning. He speaks all over the world, but we get him here today. Would you put your hands together and welcome my brother, Pastor Matthew Barnett. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Thank you. Oh, man, it's so good to be back home in Phoenix, Arizona, man. Can I just first of all say, Aubrey preached in our church, and it was so awesome, I want to retire. Seriously, it was like so amazing, like mind-boggling amazing. We had to check her for steroids to make sure that it was a legal sermon. It was that good. I mean, it was like, it's one of those things where you're just like, want to get to Sunday morning and say, just replay the video. I'm done. I don't want to say anything. So powerful. Thank you guys so much. Give yourself a round of applause for just an awesome year. Amen. Amen. I'm going to drink a little water because I'm going through puberty. It's good to be here. Turn your Bible to Luke chapter, let's see here, 1. Luke chapter 1 in verse 39. The title of my sermon this morning is called Manage Your Mumble. Manage Your Mumble, all right? Luke chapter 1 in verse 39. Here we go. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled. Can you give me one of those little things? <clears throat> I have to have my steroids when I preach. And Mary was filled. Mary was filled. Where am I? Okay. And she was filled with great gratitude and the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women. Excuse me. And blessed is a child you bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of the Lord shall come to me? And as soon as the sound of your, <coughs> excuse me, greeting reached my ears, the baby in the womb leave for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise. Drink to that one last time. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for what you're about to do in this place, through our hearts, in the world that we live in. Bless us to be a blessing. Encourage us to encourage others and help us to make a difference every day in the world in which we live. In Jesus' name, amen. I love this story because in this story, everybody's encouraging everybody. Elizabeth goes to visit Mary 
and while she's visiting Mary, everyone's encouraging each other. Elizabeth is happy for Mary because of the deliverance of the Christ child. Mary is happy with Elizabeth. And everything is going in this direction of positive encouragement and positive reinforcement. And what's going on is everyone's so encouraged that even the baby is leaping in the womb. John the Baptist, he's jumping up and down. He's encouraged. And, and that's really what's happening here in the story. And that's really what should be happening in all of our lives and the way that we live every single day. You see, the exchange between Mary and Elizabeth was an example of what happens is when you have a promise and it gets delivered through encouragement. Where encouragement becomes the main motivation behind everything that's going on. You see, the Christ child was born in the atmosphere of Mary encouraging Elizabeth, Elizabeth encouraging Mary, John the Baptist leaping in the womb of his, of his mom Elizabeth encouraging Mary, and everything that began to come forth from this story is found in the spirit of encouragement. The exchange of blessing. Be very careful what you speak in your life. Because blessing and cursing are in your mouth. You have the power to speak great things over your life and others' life. And we have the great power to curse things in our life and other people's lives. Never count it out how powerful it is when we bless one another. Never count out how powerful it is when you walk around and you speak something over their life that they don't believe is possible. And I want to talk to you this morning about managing your mumble. Because every great thing that ever happens through the birth of Christ all the way down was born in an environment where everybody is uplifting everyone. Mary is happy for Elizabeth. Elizabeth is happy for Mary. Things are happening. And all the inadequacies that Mary had um, of raising the Christ child were normal. And they will always be normal. But in spite of that, there is an atmosphere of encouraging and loving and believing in one another. And a wave of blessing is starting to incur. How many of your life ever got to a place where you're just walking around and you're mumbling things about your life that you don't like. You're just walking around and you're just like, I'm no good. And you're like, you didn't know why you're even saying it. Like nothing bad has happened. You haven't done anything to make you feel like you're no good. Or, but you're just mumbling things about your life and they're just coming out. I want to encourage you in 2024 to watch that. Because the power of your future is found in the way that you manage the mumble in your life. When I had my stroke, and I went through that a year ago, and I preached I preach four weeks after my stroke here. I remember when I was um, preaching, I was up here and I was like delivering my sermon. I got real emotional at the end. I'm like, I just want to tell you what the Lord is doing. I was leaning against a pulpit for emphasis. No, I was trying to keep myself from falling. That's what I was doing. But... Um, when I went through the stroke, and I went through it, I started doing the worst thing you could ever do. If you're sick, don't do this. Don't look up your symptoms on the internet. Don't do it. Everything's cancer. My fingernail fell off. I got cancer. My nose, you know. Everything is cancer. Don't look it up. And so when I looked it up. I, I saw one stat that said people that have strokes, on average, live eight and a half years less than everybody else. 
And I just start walking around saying, oh, I'm going to live eight and a half years less, you know, and just so sad. And then I just can't believe it. I'm just unhealthy and all that. And I'm just walking around speaking curses over my life. We always talk about the blessings and cursings we speak over other people or people speak over us or our fathers and mothers did when we were children, but we don't talk about the curses we speak over ourselves every single day by living a life that wants you to be down, by walking around saying, I'll never do this, I'll never do that. And if you say, I'll never do this, I'll never do that, guess what? You'll never do this and you'll never do that. You got to manage your mumble. We had a father bring his son into our recovery program, and he walked into the Dream Center with his son up one of the floors, and his son looked like he was going to die of addiction. And once the father got out of the phone, I was walking him all the way up to check into our rehab program. The father was speaking so much life into his son. He's like, son, you're going to do it. I am so proud of you. And the son was crying. He said, dad, why are you so proud of me? I've ruined my life. I've ruined everything about my future. I've ruined everything. I am a failure. And the, son, the dad said, it doesn't matter. You're making the right decision right now. He said, with God, everything starts right now. And the kid was like literally, he was calling, he was, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'm a failure. He was cursing his life. But his father was counteracting that by saying, no, you're blessed. You're wonderful. I love you so much. You're my boy. And, 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 and he, I've never seen a father so proud of a son who had fallen. And he was counteracting the mumble of that son with more hope than I've ever seen anybody give someone. And I thought to myself, you have two contrasting things that are going on. A young man that's speaking death over his own life and saying, I will never, ever be a productive citizen again because of my addiction, which is a lie from the pit of hell. And everybody who believes that ought to flush that thing down the toilet immediately. But he said at the same time, he, he was speaking blessings over his son. He was speaking blessings over his future. And, and I, I saw that, and I, and I realized the power of that young man and his addiction and how long he has lived under the mumble. The mumble of getting up in the morning and immediately saying bad things over your life. Of getting up and saying, well, I guess I'm in a good season, but the shoe's going to drop at some point. And finding, I, my dream is for 2024 is that every single one of us get caught up in a brand new voice, a brand new sound, a brand new message where we catch ourselves. You got to catch yourself before you wreck yourself, right? Now you catch yourself in that mumbling stage and you change your words and say, God, no, I'm, that's not who I am. That's not. And, and the stronger you get in the Lord, the more that you will focus on things in Philippians chapter four, verse eight, that are pure love, any good thing, any good nature thing, think on these things. But sometimes you got to speak something long enough until you believe it. You got to believe for great things. Manage your mumble. Speak life. And, and so Mary and my, Elizabeth, they're having a praise fest. And, and Elizabeth's like, I'm so happy for you, Mary. Mary's like, I'm so happy for you, Elizabeth. We're going to, you know, we're going to have sons. And did they ever? They changed the world, right? But Mary's going to go through an unbelievable experience, doubt and all this. But yes, she had doubts. Yes, she thought she was the lowliest uh, woman to be able to carry the Messiah. Yes, there were insecurities, but more than all of that, more than all the insecurities, there was way more praise that was coming out of her mouth than the doubt of the assignment in which she has given. And she is praising her way. In fact, she even, the, the, the next verse is it's called Mary's Song. 
She even breaks into a remix. She just starts like going off, you know, and singing and like, and like rapping and everything about how good God is, you know. At least that's West Coast version. Psalms 97, 13. Anyways, but she had doubts. She had fears. She had insecurities. But she had faith that God was going to bring her through. You have got to manage your mumble. Manage that place in your life. You know why my dad's been in ministry for 4,973 years? <laughs> Do you know why? Because he's learned to manage his mumble. Do you know why my mother has put up with my dad? For only 51 years? You're slow, but you're worth waiting on. You know why? Because the reason why is that man is living his entire life managing his mumble. He has found a way to find the good in everything. He is so positive, he makes Joel Osteen look negative. He was telling me at 16 that I was going to pastor a, a, a great church and was driving me around the city at 16 looking for churches to pastor. I'm like, I'm like, Dad, I'm 16. He goes, oh, you're good, you're good. <laughs> Manages his mumble. Always talks about something. Calls me on the phone and said, you won't believe this letter I got from a pastor that gave $17 to the ministry. I'm like, you're calling me for an hour to discuss a $17 gift? But you know why? He has learned the joy in everything. Do you know what the biggest cause of burnout is? I, I've studied it. I've studied burnout in every single arena, every single area of life. And I've heard the things, not enough rest and all this. And I've heard all this about whatever attitude. But I have found that the greatest reason why people experience burnout is because, number one, they have a manager mumble. But even more important, number two, burnout is a lack of thankfulness. When we forget to be thankful for what we have, that's the quickest way to burn out. Because the opposite of thankfulness is regret, it's shame, it's all the negative things. The, 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 the contrast of thankfulness is devastation. And so when you live your life and, and you live uh, caught under that burden and not living under thankfulness, what happens is you start living under the curse of the opposite, and that is, that is regret, grudges, uh, anger, frustration. God doesn't want us to live in that place. And so therefore, you have got to manage the things that you speak over yourself. I was walking around after my stroke saying, oh, I'm going to live eight and a half less years. And then you start doing the thing called diminishing your dreams. Well, if that's the case, I'm not going to have a whole lot. And that's where the enemy wants you. The greatest enemy of our life is not what anyone else has done to us. The greatest enemy of our life is what we choose to speak over our lives on a day-to-day -day basis. Don't say in 2024, I'm fat. Just say there's just more of me to love. Find a way to spin it around. Manage your mumble. David, Psalm 32, said, I'm about to die. My bones are wasted away. I'm a sinner. I'm a dirty, wretched sinner whose bones are, wretched, are wasting away because of my failures. But you know what he did? He started saying in the same chapter, blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven. Blessed is he. What he was doing? He was blessing himself after he cursed himself. And some of you right now ought to just stand up to your feet and you ought to give God praise for something and launch yourself into 2024 with something good in your life. Yeah. 
manage your mumble. Man, I just wish I could be like someone else. No, you don't want to be like anyone else. You don't want their problems. You don't want their issue. You want exactly what God has given you and a birthday to do. You got to manage that mumble. Trust me, when you go to Skid Row, there's a lot of people mumbling. We go there all the time. And they just talk to themselves all the time. And they'll mumble about things of yesterday. They'll mumble about things. When my dad and I went homeless on Skid Row, it was crazy. I remember when God told me to go to live on Skid Row homeless when I was on our 15th year anniversary. 15th year anniversary, God told me to go to, to stay homeless on the streets. So uh, I grabbed a piece of cardboard after church one night. I was walking out the door. I said, I'm going to go live homeless until God teaches me what he wants to teach me. So I walked out of the room. My dad said, hey, son, where are you going? I said, I'm going to go live homeless on Skid Row. And he said, how long have you been thinking about that? I said, for a while. He goes, oh, well, I want to go too. <laughs> he just grabbed a cardboard and he went with me. And, and being the loving father that he is, when he went to Skid Row, he said, son, you go that way and I go that way and I'll see you tomorrow, you know. And we were panhandling for money. He came back and he's like, man, I got 170 bucks panhandling. I go, really? And I said, I got like seven. He even raises more money than me panhandling every single time, you know? But I saw people there speaking things over their life. Just sitting in the ash heap of at night, speaking about regret, speaking about failure, speaking about their greatest mistake, speaking about things, talking to people in their cardboard boxes saying, my whole family is five miles away, but I'll never be able to go back because I never was a father I was yesterday. I can never change a past. Yes, you can change your past. And the way you change your past is by changing what you do right now. Because what you do right now is going to be your past tomorrow, so you can change your past by changing what you do right now. If you've ever felt so discouraged and you have mumbled to yourself negative things, you are in good company. Because Jeremiah did it, Elijah did it, many did it, but you've got to remind yourself of the promises of God. There is so much power in learning to speak life over yourself, blessing yourself. There the, uh, the power and curses are in the power of the tongue. And just get used to blessing. Get used to encouraging one another. And I think this fourth quarter that, that we're living in, this as we're coming to the final hours, I think the first thing you ought to just say is, God, how can I be a person that becomes great, uh, a person of great expectations? I mean, be a blessing. Live to bless. Become a strategist in blessing. Become a blessing expert. Have a PhD in, in uh, blessing people. Have a degree in pulling haters along. I mean, just be a blessing. Just be a blessing. Catch yourself when you're lost in your mumble. Catch yourself when you're lost in thoughts and words that are beginning to shape and form. And what will happen is eventually you'll get to your place in your life. If you cultivate that mumble, well, you'll wake up in the morning and just start saying things that will come out of your mouth that are negative about yourself that you haven't even given yourself five minutes to prove the opposite. You wake up, the first thing you come oh, I'm just, I'm tired. Have you met someone, every time you talk to them, they say, how you doing? I'm tired. I'm tired. And it's like, they get 12 hours of rest. I'm tired. Because they cultivate that mumbling. 
This is the year of dynamic words. This is the year of great expectations. This is the year of letting the Holy Spirit burn a fire in your heart and say, I am not a victim to my mumble. I am not shaped by negative words over my life. The enemy wants to destroy us, and he always does it through our own words, our own actions, self-sabotage, all those things. And if you want to be a champion in 2024, you have got to speak yourself into blessing. If you don't believe that's true, we, have, we speak ourselves into cursing. We speak ourselves all the time, and negative things happen because of what we say. We believe that that train of thought is true. But why not believe the opposite, that you can speak your way into great things and great success? And that's why when people come in the program at the Dream Center, we just try to tell them all the time to speak life into everything. Don't be like the neighborhood, be opposite of the neighborhood. Neighborhoods got bars up, windows trying to protect from people stealing. You know what we do? We have no security gates, no bars, nothing. And the reason why is because the best defense of a, of a neighborhood, the best defense that the Dream Center has is a proactive outreach agenda. And the gang members, they're the ones that defend our building and they, and they won't tag our building because we feed their moms. You walk around the Dream Center. We had one guy did something bad to, uh, did something bad and threatened me, a gang member one time years ago. And he threatened me and one of the um, older gang members came up to me and said, Pastor, I want, you to for, for, I want you to forgive me. One of our guys got out of line. He said something to you he should, shouldn't have said. I haven't seen that guy since. I hope he's okay, you know. And <laughs> you manage your mumble. You can say, oh, you know, I wish you were born in the generation I was born in. This COVID, post-COVID generation is not the same. And everyone's addicted to their phones and blah, blah, blah. The good old days, this and this and this. And, and you can, you know what you can do? You can mumble over your kids how bad their generation is. And they'll act like their generation's bad. Instead, you should say to them, you know what? You're born in the greatest generation. There's more need. There's more problems. There's more poverty. There's more issues. But God must really love you because you were born during this era. David said, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's how he got back up again. That's how he failed from adultery. That's how he got up from that failure. That's how he got up from his plotted murder attempt. That's how he got up. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And he's getting to a place in his life where he's managing the words that are coming out of his mouth and he's, he's starting to act in the way that he, which he's speaking. Your attention goes wherever the power flows and you speak in the direction of blessing and hope and things start to happen. Your life starts to be reshaped in a different way. And it's unbelievable what will happen when you let the great light of God come into your soul and light up everything in you and everything around you and you let God do what he's always wanted to do and that is make a difference in you and change the way that you see about yourself. I drove around the neighborhood. I used to see just everywhere I went, there's just no lights anywhere. And I just get mad because there's no lights. And I, and I told, I told our guys, I was like, this is ridiculous. Our neighborhood doesn't have one house that's lit up. And I think the reason why is because for our Christmas event, I think we stole all the electricity in the city of LA, you know? And, I mean, it looked like Chevy Chase ate too much food. That's how it looks like with all the lights in there, you know? And uh, you go on that, and there's just a great light that's shining. 
And it's just so bright and it contrasts. Our lives in 2024 ought to have such a brightness and contrast to what's in the world. That we're just walking around believing God for great things. You're either going to believe for great things or not. But the power of believing for great things is far greater and far more exciting than living the self-fulfilling prophecy of, I will never be enough, I will never do enough, I can never be pretty enough, I can never give enough. Instead, live a life that says, God, I'm going to manage my mumble in 2024. I'm going to stop it. I'm not going to let it go forward anymore. I'm going to catch myself. I'm going to remember that phrase for the whole year, 2024. If you got to keep a note card with five words that are positive, you just keep that note card and you remind yourself everywhere that you go. If you only have one promise that you know, if all you know is praise God, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Just say praise God. Just praise God. If that's all you got, you got enough. But we are living in a world today that is so full of negativity, it's easy to have a mumbling spirit that just begins to prophesy and speak your future in your words. As Job said, the things that I have feared the most have come upon me. And that's what happens when you don't manage your mumble. The things that you fear the most will come upon you. And those are the curses of allowing our lives to speak in the direction of a future that is so different than what God has for us. See, the devil lives in exaggerations. He lives in, in um, the power of our own words that shape our lives. And he begins to speak to us and we become our own worst enemy. Manage your mumble. Manage the words. And get to the place of your life where his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I always wonder why you know, people uh, got to that place. You know, I, sometimes you get tested greatly. I, like, there's one place I go every day. Every day of my life, I go to the donut shop. Every day. Every day, I go to the donut shop. And the ladies know me there, you know. And, but there's some rookies that go in there. They're not prepared. They go in there, and like, they take like forever. And they're like, okay, I want 27 donuts, 26 donuts. And they go there, and they're like, oh, I have one over here. They stop and they just do a little dance, you know, and went over there. And before long, they're just trying to like, and I get so mad. Every day I get so mad. I just sit there and so impatient. What is wrong with you? You got to be an OG when you come here, you know, and got to bring your game. And then I just started one day just saying, God, I'm going to get over my impatient donut line addiction. <laughs> and I started looking at those annoying people. And I said, you know what? There's probably something going on in their life to make them this indecisive. You know, I mean, I'm praying for them and just barely. And learning to manage the mumble in every aspect of your life, it will change your life. I want you right now, the final words of 2023... 
I want you right now to start speaking blessing of your life right now. Just start speaking blessing of your life. Just say, God, here I am. I am blessed. I am blessed. Go ahead. Just start speaking things over here. Just start mumbling praise, mumbling great expectations, mumbling that son or daughter coming home, mumbling right now the things in your life you always wanted that you failed to believe is possible. Just begin to mumble great dreams, great expectations. Just begin to speak it over and over again. Here I am, God. Here I am, God. My son's coming home. My daughter's coming home. My idea is going to be blessed. What you've given me in my heart to do is going to be accomplished. Speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it. I remember when I was in that ambulance driving away from the, when I had the stroke, and I was in that ambulance going to the hospital, and I was so full of fear as everyone was speaking death over me, saying, if we don't get him any, I'm cared for in 30 minutes, he's going to die. I'm listening to all this. And even with that stroke voice, I began to just praise the Lord. I just began to say, thank you, Jesus. Of course, thank you, Jesus came out like, I like turtles because we have a stroke. Nothing comes out the way you want it to, you know. It's like, I like Jesus. I love turtles, you know. But uh, God knew what I was trying to say, amen. And I really believe what kept me alive was the managing of the mumble. The voice, the words, the confessions, the prayers. You see, you're not only just speaking life into your situation when you manage the mumble of your life. But what you're also doing is you're saying prayers that you don't even know that you're praying. You're praying when you speak life in bad situations. You're praying when you're believing God for great things. When back there, you are saying prayers that you don't even know that you're praying. I, I remember the other day, I was just walking down, down the road, and I'm just like, I just, just kind of just talk into myself, and I'm just like, completion. Thank you for completion, God. Thank you for, I didn't even know what that meant. It just sounded good, you know. Thank you for completion. And then, you, and then I just started like starting to see things that are coming about. I started to see like my 50th birthday coming up January 22nd. I started seeing like a reset in my life. I was like, you know, I'm, a, I'm getting ready to be reset. Something's about to happen. And you know, if you just get to that place of your life where you just learn to speak life into your own life and the lives of others, you're going to get the draft effect and you are going to speak the words of heaven and you cannot if you, you can't get to the place where if you, if you don't speak the words of heaven, if you speak the words of heaven, you're going to live like you're in that place and confess and manage that mumble in your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed all over this room. Today you'll say, Pastor, I'm just away from God. I don't know Christ, my Lord and Savior. But I have been living a life where people have been speaking death over me my whole life. From that father that did things to me, to that relative, to all the different scenarios. I've been around death and I've spoke death. But today I want to speak words that maybe I haven't spoken in a long time. I love you, Jesus. You died on the cross for me. Be my Savior. If that's you here today, when I say three, I want you to raise your hands. Say today... No more of that mumbling of despair. I'm going to mumble words of eternal life by knowing Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. If that's you, when I say three, 
I want you to raise your hands. One, two, three. Lift them up. Oh my goodness. They're going up all over this room. Hands are going up. Oh my goodness. This might be the largest I've ever seen. I've preached anywhere in the country. Hands are going up everywhere. I want my confession to matter. The great thing about knowing Christ is when you confess him as the Lord and Savior, all your confessions start at that point. Hands are going up everywhere. Keep raising them. Praise God. Everyone that raised your hand, you that didn't, but you need this prayer together. I want you to repeat these words after me. Are you ready? Everyone together, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross, that I will be saved. I repent of my sin, and I give you my life. You died for me. Now I live for you, and I speak words of life and words of heaven and words of a future. In Jesus' name. And now, God, I pray for every person here that's learning to manage their mumble like me. That all of us together, God, would just get in the habit, Lord, of just whispering the promises of God. Speaking the promises of God. And not allowing that seed of despair to get into our spirit. I pray, God, that, Lord, even when we speak things that we don't even feel about our life, we will start saying them, Lord, until we start believing those things. And I just pray that, God, every one of us would just become consumed in our families, in our home, in our marriages, with everyone just speaking life about everything because that was the beginning of the birthplace of how Jesus was brought forth in that environment of excitement and praise and worship. And I pray, God, that those of us who have been crushed by a mumbling spirit that comes from a place of hurt and despair would start looking for ways to avoid burnout by being thankful for what they have on the way to where they're going and change, Lord, those whispers of despair to confident words of triumph. In Jesus' name, give us that, 2024. Amen. 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 God bless you all. Amen. I love you so much. Would you stand